welcome to a new episode of DevSecop Talks with me, Matthias, Andre, and Julian. Uh, and today's topic is OpenTF, or how can we say it, the, the change of license that uh, had happened to HashiCorp, but also to other companies. Uh, guys, should we go about the timeline first and see what happens and what ha- not happens and yeah, things what ha- how how this this unfold this whole uh, we call it symphony. Wants to go? I can go. If, go ahead. So yeah, go ahead. On the, you're the HashiCorp. Yes. So we have August 10th of 2023, and uh, not everything in timeline that we're going to announce is already happened. There are some things that are supposed to happen in the future. Yeah. We are recording that on uh, 13th of September on Wednesday. Yeah. So it's about a month ago, 10th of August. Uh, Hardcore announced a change in the licensing for their products. And they went from, um, I believe that was my Zilla license they used before to um, BSL, which is a business source license. And we're going to unpack that later on. I will just give you the dates. And then there was uh, quite a bit of uproar and community regarding that. As a result, a number of players released uh, OpenTF manifesto about a week ago, about 16th of uh, August. But what, what uh, exactly were the meaning when it changed the license? I mean, oh, should we unpack yeah, that let, later? Let, let's yeah. go through the timeline and then we yeah. go through all of that. Yeah. Then uh, in response to that, about two weeks later, 31st of August, HashiCorp announced a change for terms of condition for Terraform registry, uh, making it only for Terraform and no, no other tools. And on 5th of September, the open tier forks got announced, so it actually happened. And for tomorrow, 14th of September, there is the first release, alpha release planned, which with one issue still blocking it, and we will talk about that. And then on the 30th of September, there, is, there are plans to have a first stable release of open tier. So wow. this is the timeline, and that's what we know so far. And I, I suggest we now go point by point, and we start with the HashiCorp changing the licensing. Yes. Well, that's a big one. I mean, this uh, BSL, so I, I'm not even sure what the acronyms, I'm super bad at acronyms. I, I think it's I business source license. Business software license. No, okay. business source. <laughs> business source license. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I remember yes. reading it. At least, you know, in the repository of Terraform, there yes. is the, the license there. And yes. it's a few lines. Uh, I was very surprised by that. It's basically, you can use this unless you're building a competitive service yes. with yes. the one that we're building. Yeah. yeah now, here I'm reading. it means... Um, but basically they, they've been on, on, you know, they've been explaining a bit and it's basically, if you don't, if you build something that compete with Terraform cloud, you're in violation of the license and you have to pay a license fee. 
right? So yeah. that's that's the main thing I understood. Am I right or wrong? More or less, yes. So the key here is, um, yeah, so before that, uh, the Terraform was licensed by MPL, Mozilla Public License, and now they changed that to BSL, which is fork of MariaDB BSL library uh, license. So the, the most tricky part from all analysis I read, like technically, you, like, this is a show for practitioners, right? We are yeah. practitioners. From our perspective, nothing has changed. You yeah. can keep using Terraform as long as you like for your personal projects, for your enterprise needs, whatever. But, as Julian said, if you are building something that competing with HashiCorp offerings, you might be in violation of license. And as I said, the trickiest part here is that there is no strict definition of what competes me and who defines yeah. that. Basically, it boils down. It's very vague for a reason because that leaves a room for maneuvering for HashiCorp lawyers. Because right now, defining do you compete or not is solely in the hands of HashiCorp. And that makes it dangerous because you don't need to go to court or nothing. You are breaking yeah. the license. Go pay a last fee. And technically now, it's all clear because you understand in what business HashiCorp is. But if they are to pivot, or if your business to pivot, you actually yeah. might find yourself in a situation where you uh, violate the license. And another thing is that there is a lot of uproar about uh, Terraform, but they did change license for other tools too. So they did change it for consoles, they did change it for walls, they did change it for Packer. No one gives a damn yeah. about Packer. Like, yeah. There's no open Packer <laughs> foundation happening, <laughs> really. Like, Vault is, all right, well, I, I don't think, I haven't seen that many companies actually building on top of Vault and offering that as a service. No. But around Terraform, there is actually a build-up, and that brings us to the next point, like the OpenTF manifesto and who is behind yeah. that. Yeah. I have, I've seen the, the repo, uh, but I I don't know which behind this. It was like a consult company. So there, there are a lot of company that they, they put a pledge on the OpenTF website. Yeah. So companies can come and pledge a contribution. Like I'm, yeah. I pledge one full-time employee for... Non-binding pledge. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a very <laughs> voluntary, but I think yeah. like... Let, let, let's talk about wh why do you need to fork? And basically, it's more like people have built businesses on top yes. of Terraform. Yeah. And this yes. is where it gets, it's about survival. Uh, it, it's very much about, okay, how, how secure that in a few years we're still going to have a company? <laughs> yeah. And because basically, ArchiCorp has the, the right. They, they they own the control. They have the yeah, control yeah. of the situation. Um, so if you have, have built a company that uses Terraform, 
and have like an offering similar to HashiCorp. So if you have yeah, a, so where you can run Terraform have... maybe in, in the cloud, then you were in the hands of HashiCorp because they were licensing yeah. the, the tools that you were doing. So exactly. in particular, we're talking about SpaceLift. Yeah. People offering the services very similar to Terraform Cloud. And Zero, Scholar, and others. Yeah. Then you also have a grant work who built right. Telegrant, which is like a wrapper around Terraform. I'm not sure how actually that works because does it compete or not? Yeah. This is very tricky, really. Yeah. And but um, the Terra, uh, the grant work guys they doing the living out of offering the Terraform services. Yeah. Providing the libraries and so on and so on. And you had CloudPost uh, being very vocal about that. Boy, like even my company is on OpenTF list. If you if you search for Five Excel, yeah, it's non binding pledge. And uh, I think like there are a lot of people who just got there for I don't know for different reasons. Yeah. So the, there is many aspects to this, but I would say like mainly who is OpenTF? Like who, who is behind? What is the team? And from my understanding, it is the company who pledged that. Now, that's not to say that, you know, the, the foundation has applied to become part, to, to give OpenTF to the CNCF. Yeah, there is okay. a conversation okay. about that. So the, the, yeah. this is about governance. So who makes the decision about what? And they, they are going to be held to certain standards when it comes to openness yeah. for, yes. you know, it's really why the CNCF and the Linux Foundation exist. It's yeah. really yeah. assuring the the like some kind of guarantee for company adopting those technologies that yeah okay it's gonna they're not gonna pull an Ashicorp on you. Um, yeah. it, it becomes like a I would say like from the Ashicorp perspective, it's totally understandable. Like they are not the first one. I think yeah. I know like Red Panda. They, they have a really uh, a great Kafka alternative. Yeah. They know the company who uses it that don't pay an, a cent to use their product because they don't build the competing. But they, the I engineer... There are opinions about Red Panda. <laughs> Your statement. Sorry? There are yeah. opinions about Red Panda and uh, statements about... Sure. I, people I know about... people who were trying to deploy it and uh, it takes yeah, an effort. Sure. Uh, look, look, look. Uh, we, we, uh, we've been there. I saw that uh, with uh, Elasticsearch. Then there was MongoDB and probably Redis had something similar. So, you know, company understand like, hey, we, we poured our heart and soul into a product and yeah. those big company come, take the code and make money that should come to us. Yeah. Now, I, I understand the frustration. I mean, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Now, uh, but I would say psychologically, when you're used to getting something for free and suddenly you have to pay for it, it's so much harder and if you're already paying for something and it gets, the, the price increases. Yeah. So that's a One psychological point. effect. It, it, uh, it, you know, let's not mix the fact and uh, the, the psychology of how, how it is perceived. Yeah, another thing here is I totally understand BSL change for world. It brings a lot of money to HashiCorp. Yeah. Like, but I don't understand that like for things like backyard. Yeah, except like it would be peanuts, and uh, and then like the same Terraform, right? I I have no idea what uh, HashiCorp income statement look like 
but if I'm to guess, I would imagine that Terraform is not in the first line there, like Terraform Cloud. Yeah. And uh, which means that it might be so that HashiCorp became public company, publicly traded company. There are investors and like you know other folks who like to squeeze. Yeah. And that's all about giving more to shareholders and squeezing whatever they can get. Another yeah. thing you could think about is like the old inflation and tough times for tech times, right? So the times might be tough for HashiCorp now as well. So they're trying to find additional sources of revenue, which would be that, right? So like they're, they're not finding the new sources of revenue, but they're protecting existing one rather from yeah. emerging threats, which could be a threat later on. Yeah, and, and if you followed a little bit what, what happened on social media, um, people who contribute to the OpenTF work, they actually took up on issues that were staying on open for years on Terraform. And yes. from the, you know, it, it, from the Archicorp perspective, it makes sense. It's more like, hey, we, we just build, we just give the, the features that we feel are free, but yeah. the, the premium one, the enterprise yeah. one, you have to come to Terraform Cloud, basically. Yeah. And so th this is where it, the, the, the dynamics is interesting because now it, it's an open bar. Uh, yeah. You know, if you feel like building something on top of OpenTF, well, you're free to do so. So the, the feature and the competi competitiveness are going to increase because some of those features yeah. are going to come into the open now. And but do you also think there's going to be more companies coming up and uh, like uh, having services that compete with HashiCorp Cloud now? Because now they can use OpenTF instead and do that. Before they were like, oh, but HashiCorp is like a, a nice company. We we trusted them. We're using uh, Terraform and everything's good and we don't compete with the HashiCorp Cloud. But now you have that clear line between them. Now you can do that with OpenTF. Yeah, and it's this is where I wonder if it's a good move to to let's take another example. We talk about Bitwarden, right? Yeah, Bitwarden provide a password manager for free. Yeah, uh, they have a free account, and you know what happened if they pulled Archicorp on, on that and say, hey, now if you serve that as a, if you do that as a as a service, you need to pay us a license fee. Yeah, people would just fork it. But yeah. the question is, how many people will be dedicated to maintain and provide sustainable future for that? And that's why you need a foundation. You you need the CNCF. Like, yeah. you need yeah. the Linux Foundation well, at that point. You either need CNCF, who would give you money, or you have those companies whose livelihood depend on that, so they're ready to invest and put yeah. money into that and put human resources, I don't like that, like put engineers to work on that. Yeah. Exactly. Right? But... Now, like, imagine another thought experiment. So we have Space Lift, uh, Scholar, M0, like other companies doing that Terraform cloud-like services. They do OpenTF. They share governance of the project. And then suddenly, there is another competitor to them building on top of OpenTF. 
Yeah. yeah what yeah. will happen next? Yeah. How open open here will stay then? That's the question. <laughs> and, and that's that's really the, the the interesting fact about this is like who is gonna decide what kind of features goes into OpenTF? Yeah. Because I mean HashiCorp for, for business reason, they had to hold back on some issues yeah. like state encryption, you know, or yeah. other features that you know people were wondering, but why don't you have that yeah. included? It's not that hard. <laughs> and, uh, is. They had state encryption. They removed it. Yeah. <laughs> they had state encryption with GPG and they removed it, saying yeah. it's hard to maintain. That's probably true. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not the same when you have an open source project tending to support, you know, millions of, of companies. Uh, no, maybe not millions, but you, you have a much wider user base than if you have paying customer to which you can come to your boss and say like, hey, look, this is yeah. the numbers. We can actually dedicate people to to work on that because it makes sense for us financially. Yeah. And so I, I think there is a very much, you know, like look at the open source projects that are successful. Most of them are backed by company. You know, it, it's not uh, some, you know, random people. And even the indie, indie developer, they build a company if they have a successful uh, yes. open source project. So, so you see the economics here are. But, but I thought there was like when I think about open source project, I think that's the the roadmap that they have. They start making a project open source to get some traction, and then they make some features more like private and start using that as a service and charge them. And that's the way things. Goals, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, this is was initial plan. This is how yeah. they were evolving. But that is all uh, products that you would host. On your yeah. Own. Yeah. And uh, the idea is really that you need to provide a service to make money of the open source. So you, you yeah. sell the service, but you give the code for free in, in case someone wants to use it. Yeah. Then what if someone takes your product and build a competing service that's yeah. better than yours? And you put, you did all the work and you get no, none of the reward. So that's not fair too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, and that's what? And I think that's what, I mean, do you remember Elasticsearch? They did that, right? They had a service and people are using the cloud. They get really mad. So they locked their down. But then Amazon made their own service like called OpenSearch. So that happened in that case. But but then they are mad that someone is using their product and making their own money on it. And mm-hmm. remember back in the days when we had uh, uh, MySQL mm-hmm. and uh, Oracle bought that. Yeah. And instantly we have like MariaDB like forked yeah. it. And they didn't have that uh, service. They used to have a tool that everybody loved. And they're like, no, but it's free. We're going to charge for this. And then they forked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just wanted to finish my thought because something happened with the internet suddenly. And um, the, if you watch HashiCorp conferences lately, like starting from 2020, they started to announce managed versions of the services. Yeah, it's not easy to run old. Right? It takes a lot of effort to harden that installation and make sure it's secure. Yeah. So they st- started to. They started to offer HashiCorp Cloud. Yeah. They did uh, not only Terraform Cloud, so there is a HashiCorp Cloud for Vault, for Parker, for this and that. Yeah. 
and uh, they're moving from uh, not only offering on-prem deployment of their products, but also into the SaaS yeah. version, which now, again, this comprehensive strategy of offering everything as SaaS competes with the space lift and others. Yeah. So that's why I think they're looking into that. If, if we are to do some deductions from that, I would guess that HashiCorp sees that cloud will be more lucrative in the long run than the on-premise deployments. So that's why they're trying to protect the playing field and make sure that there is no other challengers coming up, at least starting yeah. with Seraphon, because then they might include other products. Who knows? Yeah. So so how how are you structuring your work now? Are you are you looking at OpenTF or is it like, no, it doesn't matter for me. I'm just going to continue with Terraform. Nothing well, changed. Let's, like... let's make a few things clear. So yeah. up till Terraform 1.5.5, yeah. it's still MPL. So it's still free to use. Yeah. So if you're not sure what to do next, just stick with that version, freeze the version, and yeah. keep using that one. Then, if you want to follow along with the new features, you have to make a decision. You either continue use Terraform, uh, or you one day start using OpenTF. But let's be clear: you cannot just download OpenTF right now and start using it because there were no alpha release yet. Yeah. They did a repository. There are people working on making alpha release. And HashiCorp did react on that by changing, as we said, terms of conditions of HashiCorp registry. Like when you run Terraform, you would run Terraform and it would go to to, to HashiCorp Terraform registry and will download the modules and it will download provider binaries, which are like a plugin that tell Terraform how to talk to other clients. And this is a big thing, right? Because OpenTF wants to be a drop-in replacement if they cannot use HashiCorp registry, which I would guess costs tons of money for HashiCorp to run for everyone's benefit, right? So you would need to commit a lot of money to either replicating that or coming with something else. So what I heard is that actually the Terraform registry is backed by GitHub. It very so, well could be so, yes. Because so, when you do release on a GitHub, yeah. then it's pretty much available in the registry. So you yeah. don't need to do yeah. much additional actions. And so it's basically a URL redirect. And there is an open issue on, you know, the mm. the OpenTF uh, repository that yeah. I, I'm, I would probably link somewhere. But there, there is uh, many things that could be, you know, okay, where do you draw the line? Yeah. And how much work does it take to, you know, make it more flexible? Yeah. And again, because now OpenTF is is there, who, what kind of feature are you going to have? Maybe you, they, they, I saw a RFC about building uh, plugins for backends. So you yes, could have good. actually your, your Terraform state stored in a database instead of just text file, JSON file in the yeah. Yeah. in a bucket. 
And yeah, imagine actually, the Kafka core was preventing adding more backends. So this exactly. is really cool. Exactly. And so once you have the state into a database, you can query it. And there are many tools there that, you know, they, they build a business on just basically scanning your cloud and storing yeah, that into yeah. the database that yeah. you can query. Like, what, what does it mean for those companies? Um, hmm. and, and so this is, we are a very interesting crossing point in the, in the industry because yeah. suddenly the feature becomes available. The only question is who's going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I even saw like a few days ago, Google announced the infrastructure manager. So it is a service that allows you to manage your infrastructure in Google Cloud based on Terraform. Yeah. Oh, I guess I mean, they're going to that, that sounds like a competition service. Yeah, that sounds like a competing service indeed. Yeah. Uh, is it... But. And so is Google uh, paying the fee? Probably they have the means. You know what I mean? I, no, yeah. I, I would guess they would have some kind of arrangement because Kafka Corp would yeah. also depend from players like Amazon and Google quite a bit. So they don't want to piece those out. Yeah. Because <laughs> then they start to, you know, like blocking the Terraform agent when they call API. Yeah. Huh? What are you going to yeah. do about that? <laughs> <laughs> the game of control and power here are very interesting. And honestly, only time will tell what, yeah. what the future looks like. Because I, 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 would, it, I would say for now, just sit, sit tight and watch what's exactly. going to happen. Yeah. Because we need, we need a couple of months to see how well all those people who signed the OpenCF manifest actually committed and do they ready to, you know, World the talk, yeah, and there are many things as well. Like a company like Red Hat, if mm. they use Terraform to deploy their stuff at the customer, is that competing or not? So uh, that's open <laughs> for interpretation. But they're using Ansible, right? That's Red Hat, baby. Maybe like that's the question. Oh, yeah, right? oh, yeah, oh, that's that's the, that's a competition, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Ansible, we're going back to Ansible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I don't have uh, enough. I'm not knowledgeable enough in yeah. that thing. I, I think once you try Terraform, you you kind of fine with this. And yeah. if you have Packer to build your VM, I don't see why you would need Ansible. But yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's it's a question. It's an interesting yeah. question. The the thing is that Red Hat has built their business on top of open source. Yeah. And so, you know, this is basically what it means. But they, they were involved in like something like Kubernetes. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, pro, the the namespace comes from OpenShift. Yeah. You know, they 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 yeah. they, they kind of had this competing, but it, I'm not sure it's the same code base. Or you, you understand? It, there is a lot of things that I'm I'm not sure. But it, it's the during the, the discussion that we had recently about this, like suddenly it's on the spotlight, like what's happening, what does it mean? Can I do this? Can I do that? What are my, what are my choices? Yeah. And I would say right now, it's very much like, we don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I cannot recommend anything that oh, yet. Yeah. Stick, stick with yeah. Strafon for now. Let's see that if they produce the release of OpenTF, let's test yeah. it. Exactly. So the, the crucial point there would be 
if they will keep state compatible. So if um, yeah, so you could switch back and forth, right? Yeah. Because if they start to alternate the state, so you cannot use Terraform any longer, that will be problematic. That might be problematic. Then another thing is like the features. So that it's a fork, and they would need to port some features, but maybe not others. Yeah. To the tree, and the trees will diverge eventually because they want to do more new features that will not be present in Terraform. So exactly. I think for the practitioners, the question will boil down to. A, is a drop-in replacement, and B, can they offer features that Terraform doesn't have? Yeah, and C, are you an ongoing HashiCorp customer? Because if you don't, you don't don't care. But if you are, you already invested, so you probably stay where you are. Exactly. So re- regarding the the features that OpenTF will provide, um, I I see that they want to open the internal package because uh, right now you, you you cannot call you cannot use Terraform as a library. Yeah, you, right. really need, you need to use the binary. Yeah. Uh, for, so that that complicates things. But what if one day, like suddenly, you know, let's take it in one year, or Terraform or OpenTF becomes a, usable as a library. Yeah. You can build that into your own tooling, yeah, and, yeah. and use the features without buying into the whole thing. Because maybe mm-hmm. most people they don't need all that Terraform provide. They don't need that much. They just want to build something that is something else and manage infrastructure in the way that they know. So there there are a very interesting development there, but it's yeah. way too early to tell. So yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. And another that, thing uh, is. If if it really takes off and if it starts to evolve, then it will push HashiCorp to respond, yeah. hopefully in a more competitive-friendly way rather than flexing their muscles, preventing people using registry, but actually adding features to Terraform. We did have an episode where we looked at Terraform trying to understand what happened with Terraform science is at least version one. Yeah. yeah. It was like two or three years ago. Yeah. And there were not much. No. Like they did some improvements, like moved block is really nice, other other things, but it's more like a stagnant or stable product. And the old stuff they add is improvement for how it works with Terraform Club. Yeah. Not that many new features passed down to open source. So it, which means that it's like, you know, it's ripe for disruption. And in that sense, I see everything happening with OpenTF. It's a good thing because there will be not as a completely different tool coming along. Like for me as a practitioner, I would hate that. Yeah. If there is, well, I would love that <laughs> if something comes and it's 10, 10 times better than Terraform. I would yeah. love that. But then it would mean there will be a lot of work to move what I have today to what it is yeah. going to be. And here I have like evolution-like revolution. So suddenly evolution paths that were blocked became unblocked, which means that there might be more coming in down the line. And I see that as potentially positive. The only time will tell. But let's see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think there's 
So I think also we are coming short of time here. We have about 30 minutes. So any, any last words then for people that are wondering what the hell is happening here, what they should do? Julian, do you want to start? Sure. I, I would say right now it's uh, status quo. We, do, we don't know yet. Uh, OpenTF is an interesting development, but there, there is nothing yet to to test. Yeah. Um, and exactly. so, yeah. So we, we, we might have something tomorrow. Who knows? Tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. yeah they're supposed you, to release Alpha list tomorrow. Are you going to watch that repo, Andre, and like fork it and pull it as soon as you can? We have we a company in the list of pledgers, so we're supposed to do something, and I yeah. guess we will test. We, yeah. We're quite interested in what will happen. Yeah. Uh, but for now, you know, for the rest of us, get your popcorn, sit yeah. tight, see what happens. We're going to tell you, subscribe to DevSecOps Talks. We're going to yeah. tell you. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Okay, thanks for all for tuning in. You have been listening to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias Andre and Julian. For more podcast and notes, go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.